Hey everyone, and welcome to Thursday Night Life, where we discuss issues by way of the Word of God. The Bible tells us that the grass withereth, the flower faded, but the Word of our God stands forever. And we here at Beyond the Walls Outreach Ministries are excited and delighted that you have decided to come and be with us tonight. I am Dr. B, the founder of Beyond the Walls Outreach Ministries, where we show the love of God by loving others. We believe here that we are God's hands, his feet, his arms, his heart extended into the earth realm to bring men and women and boys and girls to him, not to us but to him. And we are grateful that you have joined in with us tonight. Uh, as mentioned in our previous broadcast, we this month are deliberately and intentionally seeking to minister to those who take care of others and seeking in our time together in the word to challenge ourselves with the question, am I my brother's keeper? Am I my brother's keeper? We have decided to challenge ourselves to take a look at the sin of indifference, uh, our inability or not inability, better spoken, our lack of concern for other people. And in this time where so much is going on, it's very easy to get so caught up in us that we forget to reach a hand to those who are in need, particularly those who provide care and concern to other people. And so tonight I am pleased to tell you that everything concerning our virtual retreat that we've been talking about is finalized. It's finalized, guys. So you can go to the website at www.beyondthewallsoutreach.org. Again, that's www.beyondthewallsoutreach.org in order to register for this virtual retreat, which is power packed. Uh, with everything from midday moments of self-care to prayer in both the morning and the evening, and also to live uh, Zoom call that we're going to set up so that you can interact with us and we can interact with you as we journey through the word of God together. A couple of other things I want to let you know that are available to you as well when you get to the website. This shirt. <laughs> <laughs> and it's got a surprise on the back, but because there's an answer to this question on the back from God. But our shirts, uh, Am I My Brother's Keeper shirts, we want you to go there to the website and purchase one. Additionally, we are so, so super elated that the way uh, the completion of this book and the publishing of this book fell right in the middle of what we were doing is a perfect time. Myself, and my bestest buddy, Gia Washington, got together and put together a 30-day devotional. It is also ready for sale there at the website. And this devotional is going to take you through 30 days of adventures with God, which are no different than the conversations that you would be having with a friend. Uh, they're rooted and grounded in the scripture. And I'm sure you'll be able to identify with every experience that we transparently share in that book. So you need to get that. You need to get a copy. You need to get a copy for your friends so that they can also have this experience with you. So the t-shirt and the book are both available there for sale. Additionally, we are asking for a very, very minimal $10 registration fee. Uh, and if you'd like to sponsor somebody else, do that as well for this virtual conference, uh, virtual retreat. 
Why are we asking for this registration for you? Not so that we can pad our pockets. It has nothing to do with that. We want to be a blessing to those who are a blessing to others. The intention is to use those funds to each night of the retreat to be a blessing to somebody, to send them a special gift, uh, to let them know that we here at Beyond the Walls and uh, joined in with you. We love them and we are praying for them and we want to do something in a tangible way to let them know that we care. Sometimes people just need to know that, that you care, that you're thinking about them, especially when uh, the person that you're being a blessing to is always a blessing to others. Do you know that person? Maybe you're that person. Uh, so we are inviting you to be a part of this July the 30th through August the 1st now, July the 30th to August the 1st. Go ahead and set your calendars. We're going to have prayer, as I mentioned. We're going to have a self, uh, a self-care moment every day, midday. And then in the evening, uh, we go into uh, our time of fellowship in the word. Also, again, you have a couple of items there as resources that you can purchase, the t-shirts uh, and also the devotional, which will come to you autographed by us. So anyway, again, as a t-shirt, uh, go ahead and go to the website, www, say it with me, beyondthewallsoutreach.com org at beyondthewallsoutreach.org. Uh, it's going to be a blessing to you. And I want you to be a part of us being a blessing to others. And tonight, uh, I guess you can tell I didn't got hyped up. <laughs> uh, tonight, I want to focus on a passage of scripture that is going to give us some insight into uh, what happens when friends of faith get together to help a friend who is not in the position to help himself. Come on, here, somebody. Tonight, we're going to look at a passage of scripture that tells us what happens when friends of faith come together to assist a friend who is unable to help himself. I want you to go with me to Mark chapter two. That's where we want to be for just a little while tonight. Go to Mark chapter two. And remember, we are focusing on the question, challenging ourselves with the question, am I? my brother's keeper. Now, I, I think by now we all know the answer to that question, but am I my brother's keeper? Last week, we looked a little bit at the idea uh, in Hebrews 6 and 10 that God would not forget our labor of love because sometimes we get frustrated or we get discouraged or we become weary when we give and give and give and give and give. And it seems that we are unappreciated or we are not uh, getting back to the level that we put things out. God says he will not forget. and He's going to be sure to repay. Uh, but this week we want to look at what happens when friends of faith come together. I'm giving you time to get to Mark two. Uh, friends of faith come together to help a friend who is not in the position to do for them uh, because he has an ailment. He has a, an impairment. He has an impotency in an area that they don't. All right. So Mark two, let's look there. Mark two, starting at verse one, it reads. And again, he talking about Jesus entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house <laughs> Tell somebody he was in the house. We're talking about Jesus. He was in the house and straightway many were gathered together in so much that there was no room. Come on here, somebody to receive them. No not so much as about the door. 
and he preached the word unto them. Verse three, and they came unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Here's my part right here. Here's the shouting part right here. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Verse six, as usual. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoned in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether it is easier to say that the sick of the palsy, thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, arise and take up thy bed and walk. Verse 10, but that ye may know that the son of man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy. Verse 11, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house. Verse 12, and immediately, somebody say immediately, immediately he arose, took up the bed. This is the same man, y'all, and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. I want to go back to verse five. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And remember, we are considering and challenging ourselves with the question, am I my brother's keeper? Now, again, uh, Jesus was in Capernaum. He had gone to Capernaum from Galilee, where he had been spending time ministering. He had just healed a leper. Uh, and we think that maybe he was at uh, Peter and Andrew's house, which is not uncommon for him to do when he passes through uh, Capernaum. And here, there is not even standing room. A lot of times we say standing room only. That means it was packed, right? But in this case, there was not even standing room in the house. There were people outside. There were people in the doorway. There were people around the house. There were people in the courtyard. It was so packed that there was no space to even get in. Why? Because Jesus was in the house. Oh my God, Jesus was in the house. Now, if that don't excite you, I don't know what will. When is the last time? Maybe I should stop here and just ask that question. When is the last time that Jesus was in such high demand that it was packed everywhere because Jesus was in the, in the house? People heard that Jesus was in the house. Now, remember, we're in 2020, so it's kind of hard for us to conceptualize this, but let me put it right where you are. There was no TV ministry. There was no Facebook live stream. Uh, there was no Instagram live stream. There was no uh, stream yard. There was no 
uh, social media for him to tag everybody and tweet out things. There was no billboard sign that says, hey, Jesus is coming. There was no program announcement. There was no radio announcement. There were no business cards. None of that. Just word of mouth alone that Jesus was so awesome. It has spread so far that when he showed up somewhere, people flocked because Jesus was in the house. Just Jesus. Nothing else. Just Jesus. Nobody else. Just Jesus. Just the word that he was going to be there. People heard that he was in the house and folks flocked to that house because he was there. And I got a question for you. Who is in your house? Who is in your house? Who is in your house? Now, prior to COVID, uh-huh, uh, was Jesus in our church houses? We had a lot of stuff that was in our church houses. We got a lot of super saints in our church houses. We got a lot of celebrity Christians in our church houses. We have a, quite a hierarchy that we have created of faith in our church houses, man-made uh, situations in our church houses. But was Jesus there? Because when Jesus is in the house, healing takes place. When Jesus is in the house, love is in the house. When Jesus is in the house, miracles, signs and wonders take place because he comes with the demonstration of his power. Hallelujah. When Jesus is in the house, things change. So I want you to check yourself and think, was Jesus ever in the church house that I was in? He's supposed to be. It's, it's his house. But anyway... I digress. Many of us were operating. Uh, we hear President Trump say this all the time, fake news. <laughs> but the church house was operating in an area of, of fake news, of false advertising. We were using his name, promising that he was the special guest on the lineup. And then when people would come, they don't meet Jesus, they meet us. They meet our issues. They meet our situations. They meet our bad attitude. They meet our inability to be able to get to the throne of God. Was Jesus ever really in the house? People come, they get a good feeling. They hear a good song. They get a good sermon, might get a good dance in, might get all of that in. But, but did they meet Jesus? Because if Jesus is in the house, I'm telling you things change. That's fake news. That's fake advertising. You're telling people Jesus is here and he is not here. It's like going to Popeye's that advertises chicken and you drive up and they don't have any. It's like going to a movie theater who's been saying we got this movie getting ready to show and you get there and there are no movies. They got popcorn, but no movies. They got uh, soda pop, but no, but no movies. They have candy, but, but no movies. Isn't it a movie theater? Is it serving the purpose that it's supposed to be serving? You drive up to the supermarket. They've been advertising all of these sales on groceries. And then you get to the store and there's no groceries. What is the point? Fake news. Tell your neighbor fake news. Fake news, false advertising. Particularly when we say Jesus is there and he is not. The power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ should follow him being there. If he's there. I know that by every text that I've read in the, in the Bible, everywhere Jesus was, things changed. Whew. And it may not have changed the way that we thought that they would, but they still change. Hallelujah. So God, in this particular season of our lives, all of us, nobody in the world has been unaffected by what's going on. He has knocked a pause. 
He is not the pause in our chronos. He is not the pause in our time, our moments, uh, so, so that we can align, so that he can now be seated on the throne of our hearts in places where he was not. He has allowed this time to chastise us, to chastise his people, his church, and to prove us and to reprove us and to revive us and then to uproot some things and then to replant some things. Hallelujah. Uh, to once again be the God of all. Because he can't, if he can't be God of all, Pastor Bill Berry always says, if he cannot be God of all, he won't be God at all <laughs> in your life. Because he continues to be seated on the throne of the world. This is who he is. Hallelujah. Nobody can dethrone him. But he can cease to have that relevance in your life if you don't allow him to. So again, back to my original question, who, who is in the house? You running around with fake advertising, false news? You talking about Jesus and not living Jesus and everything is, is inconsistent? Who is in the church house, y'all? Who is at your house? Uh-huh. Who is seated on the throne of your heart? And Mark 2 verse 1 tells us that Jesus entered into Capernaum. Uh, in those days, and it was noise that he was in the house. People had come from all over, from the north, the south, the east, and the west, in order to hear a word from Jesus. Now, granted, let me also say this. We want to put this in here because this is important, that people come for different reasons. And those are things that we can't see. God can see that. Uh, man can't see we can't see all of that. We don't know what your reasons are. Because if you're dancing with me, I think you're there for the same reason. If you're lifting your hands with me, I think you're there for the same reason. But God sees motive. God sees heart. Some people were following Jesus because he was a miracle worker. Hallelujah. Some were following Jesus because he could preach a good word. They had never heard it like that before. Heard somebody break it down like he was breaking it down in a, in a way that they could understand it. And some people just came because they wanted to worship Jesus. Some came because they thought they were getting ready to take over by force. It's like, oh, yeah, it's time. The kingdom has come. We get ready to rock it out. We will no longer be underfoot. Some people follow them for that reason. Why are you following him? While he's in the house, what is your reason for connecting with him? Why do you search and seek after him? The Bible tells us to seek his face. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all that other stuff you want will be added unto you. If you seek his face, his hand is not far behind. And the Bible tells me at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. If you seek his face, his presence comes with his, his face. And in his presence, in his presence is the fullness of joy. Hallelujah. So Mark 2, as we continue on uh, through this text, we find that there are four men while Jesus is going in, he is preaching. There are four men who bring their friend to Jesus. Uh, and that's where we want to be tonight. We want to be the kind of people that when folk can't get to Jesus, we don't mind bringing them to Jesus. Not to church, but to Jesus. <laughs> Not to a concert or a service, but to Jesus. We want to bring them to Jesus. Isn't he the one who changed our lives? Isn't he the one that made a difference for us? 
The service may have been the access, but Jesus is the one that created the change. Nobody else can take credit for that. The Bible does not give us details as to how long this man had been paralyzed, how far they had traveled, what had happened to cause this to be so. But there are four men who are carrying their friend who is a paralytic and they are bringing him to Jesus. And when he could not come to Jesus for himself, his friends thought enough about him to support him, uh, believing in faith that if they could get him to Jesus, there would be change. I came tonight to tell you that they carried this paralytic man up the outside stairs, because in that time, the way the houses were built, the stairs were upstairs or on the outside of the building. So they carried him up the stairs on the outside to the roof because they couldn't get in the building. Oh, my God. They couldn't get in because it was so many people. We had already talked about that. Some people all over the place. And because they could not get in the normal way, they decided to do something unconventional. I want to be surrounded with people, hallelujah, that when I can't get to Jesus for myself or I am struggling or I'm frustrated and I can't access the throne like I normally would, I want to be around some people who love me enough to do the work of faith and do what is unconventional so that I can receive my blessing from the Lord. And if those are not the kind of people that you are associated with at this point, I'm going to tell you like I tell you all the time, you better check your crew, check the people that you hanging with, check the people that you are putting your trust in. Because when the rubber meets the road and things are going awry in your life and you are faced with challenges and challenges are facing you, you need some people in your life who don't mind carrying your paralyzed body, carrying your paralyzed emotions, carrying your fears and your anxieties up some stairs to get you to the roof to get you to Jesus, who is the answer to every question that could ever be asked. And can I tell you, their work did not stop there. First of all, they had to carry the man to the location where Jesus was. Then they had to carry the man up some stairs to get him to the roof. And then when they got to the roof, it didn't stop. They continued to work. They had to pull apart, hallelujah. They had to pull apart the mud and the thatch. Can you imagine Jesus in the middle of preaching his sermon and all of a sudden little pieces of mud start falling, little pieces of the roof start falling. And if that wasn't enough, he looks up and there's an opening big enough for a man to fit through. And they begin lowering this man. I want to be around some people, y'all, that when I don't have the strength to do it myself. They don't mind getting in the gap for me. And even if it means they have to pull the roof off, hallelujah. Even if it means they have to destroy a ceiling, hallelujah. Even if it means that they have to pray through different levels, hallelujah. They are able to do that and seek the Lord on my behalf because something in my life has got me paralyzed. Something in my life has got me at a point where that anxiety has gotten me to where I can't move. Something has got me to where fear has me immobilized and I can't operate in faith. I want to be around some people who don't mind tearing the roof off of a situation to get me to Jesus. And that's what these four men did. 
they loved their paralyzed friend enough. They had enough faith for them and him. And they began to lower this man to Jesus. The Bible tells us, and my, my brother's keeper, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, you are. That the strong are to bear the infirmity of the weak. <laughs> this is a perfect example of that. The Bible tells us to bear ye one another's burdens, that we ought to be bearing the burdens of those who can't bear them for themselves. And my, my brother's keeper, yes, I am. These four men were literally their brother's keeper. And the Bible says in verse five, see, this is my shouting verse right here. When, when Jesus saw their faith, oh, glory to God. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the man who was sick of the palsy, son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Jesus saw their faith, their collective faith, their persevering faith, their faith that did the hard work where the man himself could not. Their faith with works, the Bible tells us, their faith without works is dead. It was their faith with their works. Their faith that pleased God because without it, it's impossible to please God. Their faith that produced a literal miracle, not for them, but for their friend. Jesus says to that man, son, thy sins are forgiven. Now, I can imagine if I was there and I was the friends, I'd have said to Jesus, hold up. Uh, as you see, he is paralyzed. He doesn't have a sin problem. Uh, he has a physical paralysis. We came here for healing for a physical problem. His, Jesus' legs don't work. <laughs> that's that's why we came. We we came, you know, as we say, we had came, Jesus. I know that's incorrect. We had came, Jesus, because his legs don't work. Not not sin, but thank you, thank you anyway for you know doing that part. Can you do something with his legs? Because that is why we are here. I came tonight to let somebody know that no matter how bad your physical condition is, your spiritual condition must still take priority. Holy God for Jesus. Even if you are in a physical condition that seems very, very difficult, Jesus knows that what's most important is getting your spiritual condition in place. It is still the priority and it was still the priority for him because spiritual sickness is worse than being broke is worse than having messed up legs is worse than having a broken heart it's worse than any of that is is worse than being lonely a spiritual sickness is worse than all of that and jesus knows because he knows all things jesus knows that if you can receive spiritual healing that spiritual healing can reverse the physical disease <laughs> jesus knows Oh, I got excited. Jesus knows that if you can get that spiritual healing, it can literally reverse the physical disease. And so he spoke to the sin instead of to the man's legs. <laughs> And the scribes, you know, you always got some people, the scribes, the scribes were there and uh, they determined that he was blaspheming because only God can forgive sin, not realizing or accepting the fact that Jesus was God in the flesh. So Jesus, oh, holy God for Jesus, Jesus validated 
his authority to forgive sin by demonstrating his ability to heal. Jesus validated his authority to forgive sin by demonstrating his ability to heal. Jesus said, you know, okay, okay, which would be easier for me to say that sins be for the, forgiven thee or rise and walk, which, which one you want me to do? So he forgives the man's sin and then tells the man to get up and walk. And guess what happened? The rest, as they say, is history. The rest is history. The rest is history. That man was able to get up and walk. Mm. And the people were so amazed because they had never seen it done quite like that. Has Jesus ever done something in your life? And people are amazed and they said, we have never seen it done quite like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, testimony on top of testimony of things that the Lord has done in my life. And nobody else could have done what he did the way that he did it. So let me leave you with this idea. When you can't get to God for yourself, maybe you like the paralytic man. Something has paralyzed you. You might not be paralyzed physically, but something has knocked the wind right out of your sails. If that's you, you need some people in your life, hallelujah, who will help you to get to the only one who can fix that problem. And maybe you're not the paralytic man tonight. Maybe you're the friends. I want to encourage and admonish you. Never stop being the great person, the merciful person, the gracious person, the giving person that you are. Because you might be the difference between somebody's healing and their paralysis. You might very well be the difference between somebody being able to access the throne or not. You can't stop. And when you get tired and when you get weary and well-doing, and when you get frustrated because you feel like nobody cares, there is one who does care and who sticks closer to the brother, closer than a brother. And he is literally more real than the nose on my face. He is more real than the people that you are sitting up taking care of. He is more real than any of that. The Bible tells us that God in all of his wisdom is using you, co-laborer, with him to get his will done in the earth. There used to be a song back in the day, and I still love it. See, God is real. He's real to me. <laughs> He's real. Jesus is real to me. And then there's a part of the song that says so many people doubt him. Hey, glory. But I can't live without him. That is why I love him so, because he's so real to me, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am my brother's keeper. I want you to bear in mind that God is using you. Be strengthened, be encouraged, keep going, keep pushing. When you need to take a break, take a break, catch your breath, but get back in the game. God is using you in this season to bring somebody to him. God is using you to 
strengthen somebody whose situation has them paralyzed, even if what you're doing is laboring before the throne in prayer. Don't stop. Don't stop. Don't stop. I'm praying for you. I'm believing with you. And here at Beyond the Walls Outreach Ministries, we love you and we appreciate you. So in the next time, until the next time that we get an opportunity uh, to come together, I want you to remember to be your brother's keeper. Let God use you and show the love of God by loving others. Be blessed in the Lord.